and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist, and I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information, and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. So today I have another bite-sized episode and I have a question from a lovely listener again and this is also all talking about love and relationships. So my listener says, I've started recovery from atypical anorexia nervosa about three months ago and have since really noticed the impact that my eating disorder has had on my relationship. I very much closed off my body to my partner and have lost the sex drive that I used to have. My partner knows about my struggles and that I do not feel so comfortable in my body at the moment, but it also leaves him feeling that this has something to do with him. I'm also wanting this intimacy, but don't know how I can manage this at the moment. And I was wondering if you have any advice on this and whether it is common for people with eating disorders. I feel quite alone with this and no one seems to talk about it. So I think this is a fantastic topic, a very real issue and something that many people listening will be experiencing and probably feeling very alone with this and perhaps not able to talk about it. So thank you for this question. So having an eating disorder, of course, is going to impact our relationships, our um, ability to be intimate, feeling comfortable in ourselves, our self-worth, our body image, all of those things. And having an eating disorder, you know, it often will involve long periods of restrictive eating or over-exercise or bursts of restrictive eating interspersed with other eating disorder behaviours. And of course, all of these things have an impact physically, how your body is functioning and how you feel in your body, and mentally too on your overall well-being, your anxiety, maybe your mood, your body image. So absolutely, this is going to have a ripple impact on your sex drive, your self-worth, and your desirability and your desire to be intimate. So first of all, let's talk a bit about the physical and mental impacts of having an eating disorder. And then we're going to talk about seven tips to begin to be able to come, become more intimate, feel more desirable and to reconnect with your partner. So first of all, the physical impact of an eating disorder. So for all genders, sexual desire is closely linked to the level of sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and restrictive eating actually affects the production of these hormones, making you much less inclined to pursue sexual activity. Now, from the body's perspective, of course, this is no real surprise. The human body is all about survival. So if your body detects there may be a shortage of resources, i.e. food, it's going to go into self-preservation mode. And this is why females might lose their period when in a phase of restriction. You're producing less of the sex hormones, so you don't feel in the mood for sex, you lose your desire, your energy is low, and energy, ugh, cannot speak, and any energy you do have is channeled towards survival and finding food. Now, I remember myself, when I think back to when I was particularly in a very restrictive phase with my eating disorder, and I was going out with my first serious boyfriend, and I have recollections of being in that relationship, of being freezing cold and just wanting to hide under the duvet, not really feeling very um, up for kind of sex or being closely intimate. I was also so preoccupied with food that I was counting down the minutes until I felt able to eat, 
as my food preoccupation was absolutely through the roof from the lack of fueling my body adequately. And we know as well from the Minnesota Salvation Study that the men reported a decrease in their libido and sex drive when their calories were restricted. It's a normal sort of impact for a human being when they are in a place of restriction and starvation. So physically it makes sense. The reason you're not desiring sex and intimacy is a physiological bodily response. It's all about survival. So what about the mental consequences? So of course it's helpful to think about the mental side of things too, because when you're struggling with an eating disorder, you think about food a great deal. You might be cold, low in energy, and find it really hard to concentrate, you know, your memory's all over the place. It's really hard to be in the moment. And you often feel down in your mood and high in anxiety, and you're also fixed in rigid routines. Really hard to be sort of spontaneous or impulsive or just go with the flow. You probably don't feel good enough with your body image as it's almost impossible to win with achieving ED goals. And you probably don't feel good about your self-worth as this will be so linked to your body image and food. So you're probably just not feeling good enough and when you're not feeling good enough, it's really hard to feel desirable and to want to connect with another human. So all of these things, of course, they don't help with desire, fun, freedom, being spontaneous, connecting playfully, all the things we might really need to have in place if we are desiring to have sex. So back to my own experience when I was in a relationship while struggling with an eating disorder, I remember just being really irritable and intolerant, perhaps from either not eating enough and feeling hangry or crossed with myself for breaking a food rule and then feeling out of control, all those I've blown it feelings. So at this stage of my life as well, I felt such shame and embarrassment about the eating disorder. So I couldn't really often open up about what's happening. And I remember my poor boyfriend like really trying to help me, but just feeling really quite confused and exasperated and quite bewildered in a way by my erratic moods and behaviors. But I felt really alone with it really. And I guess, um, you know, it was probably really, really hard for him to understand. And it, it felt very challenging for me to communicate it. So emotionally, mentally it has a massive, massive impact. So how can we begin to change this? So I'm now going to talk about seven ways to start to feel better about yourself, to feel more desirable, and to be able to begin to connect intimately again. So number one is keep working on recovery. Because as you begin to nourish your body more, put fuel in the tank, practice more regular eating, reducing over-exercise, your body will begin to heal. Metabolic processes within the body will be activated again and physiologically shifts will be happening. Your body will start to produce more of your sex hormones again. And you will gradually find a shift in your mood, energy and in time at your desire. And what most people report with this is, um, you know, it's not something that you have to force. That you have to suddenly kind of make yourself think about being desirable or having more interest in sex again. It's something that just starts to happen as your body sort of is returning more to um, a healthy state. Now, obviously it takes time, requires some consistency and rinsing and repeating with the regular eating, etc., to allow this to happen. You know, just having, um, you know, a couple of days when you're eating a bit more and fueling yourself, but if that's interspersed with lots of um, disordered eating behaviors and restrictive eating again, it's probably not gonna get you to your goals. So it really does need that con consistency. And I think what's really worth saying as well is that in the beginning when you eat more, you might be feeling more anxious, your mood might be all over the place, and that could even decrease your desire in the shorter term. 
but I guess it's just trying to really hang in there and have the faith that your desire and interest in sex is going to come back again in time and you just need to kind of give yourself some space with that and the other thing as well if you're um, if you've lost your period it can take time for this to return and what I found as well in working with lots of different people is it seems to vary a lot between different individuals everyone's body is slightly different there is no sort of blueprint for at this weight or this BMI or when you're doing this much with your nutrition or your exercise that things are all going to fall into place and um, with regards to your menstrual cycle it seems to be a really really personal thing and I guess what's really important there is that you know if you um, feel like you're doing all the right things and your period is still not returning that you go and speak to your doctor you can maybe have some blood tests done and do a bit of a sort of check-in around all of that but consistency with the behavior change will help trusting and leaning into the process and ultimately your body wants to support you have faith and keep making those baby steps and i've worked with a lot of people as well where there's just been incredible stories where people's periods have returned after many many years perhaps they've gone on to have children and um you know the body wants to heal the body is really really incredible so it's really sort of trusting and leaning into the fact that you are healing your body through nourishing it through regular eating through balancing your blood sugar by reducing your disordered eating behaviors and it's not an overnight process to restore yourself and find healing you need to be patient but really trust in the consistency and that you will get there so my next tip is talking to your partner now communication is absolutely one of the most helpful things that you can be doing and it sounds so obvious doesn't it but we often don't do it so it is really valuable if your partner can at least understand some of the impact of the eating disorder you know if you can let them know how you're feeling mentally and physically they're going to be able to understand more about what's going on and are less likely to mind read or jump to conclusions now in all human relationships miscommunication is often the deal breaker and where things really go off track and as humans we're very good at assuming or mind reading what the other person is thinking we carry our own stories in our heads we sometimes feel undeserving of love and support and these things all block open communication and vulnerability so your partner may not fully understand the eating disorder but you can begin to educate them and let them know the things that you're struggling with and they can learn about the physical and mental impact on you. And I guess this, what's really key here is about being with someone who is supportive and who can, you know, sort of be there for you at least some of the time. You know, if you're being met with a very sort of toxic or unhelpful response, maybe you need to think about whether this relationship is really serving you. So people are often afraid of opening up to their partner as they think that their partner might become over-involved, they might become the food police, or maybe making the eating disorder a constant issue, which is something that you really don't want. But you can also communicate with your partner as well about what is helpful. For example, you could say, you know, please can you just listen when I want to talk about this and don't tell me what to do. You know, I don't need you to give me advice. But communication is so important because if your partner understands that your loss of desire is not about them, it really opens the door for more warmth, understanding and appreciation for each other's point of view. And then when you have that emotional connection, often then a physical connection can follow. So just really opening the door for that emotional connection is so important. Okay, number three, 
practicing self-care of your body. Now, of course, if you're struggling with an eating disorder, you probably don't like your body very much. You might feel undeserving of caring for your body. You might find it very hard to do nice things for your body. It might not feel right. But actually, it's very, very helpful to take active baby steps to show your body some kindness and love. And you may be really struggling with body image, but treating your body well will help so much with this. Acts of self-care and treating the body with kindness and compassion can be hugely beneficial. But I think what's really important here is you need to think about what works for you personally, because we're all quite different in terms of what is our self-care. And it can be even a really simple thing like laying on the bed when you're tired and just having a really nice peaceful rest. (laughs) It might be painting your toenails. It could be having a massage. It could be using moisturizer with a lovely smell, perhaps all over your body after you've had a bath. It could be lighting a candle, sitting quietly and maybe appreciating the scent and making an intention to show yourself some more kindness. It could be washing and drying your hair. It could be wrapping yourself in a soft blanket and watching your favorite TV program. It could be spending time with your favorite pet. It could be having a lovely mindful cup of tea and doing nothing else but staring out of the window. Or it could be going for a walk in nature and feeling the sun on your face. So I think, you know, everyone's self-care is very individual and what for someone would be lovely and feel so self-caring and a way of making them feel good for someone else that might make them feel really icky so it's important to tune into what is self-caring for you because as well when you start to take care of your body and to look after it and treat it as you would a good friend or a child or a pet (laughs) the way you feel about your body is going to start to change okay and the little baby steps with this will really help and add up. Okay, number four, sensual touch. So I think sometimes it's very easy in relationships to feel perhaps the pressure to jump sort of straight into the kind of sex, being more intimate in that way, and we can avoid the sort of the sensual kind of connection, which can be so important. So work on sensual touch as a starting point with your partner. So maybe giving each other a massage or a foot rub, Maybe something that feels safer and less pressured than sex. Give each other as well regular hugs, affectionate kisses, maybe holding hands, maybe laying together on a blanket and looking up at the clouds. All these things really help build intimacy and safety in a relationship. And also they're gonna flood your body with oxytocin, which makes you feel calm and content and safe and looked after. And I think when we have more of that essential touch as well, it can be a door opener to reigniting more of a physical relationship. Um, But it might feel sort of safer and less pressured. Okay, so have a think about what could you do with your partner to um, experience sort of sensual touch between you? And what do you like? And if you haven't explored that, maybe you just need to experiment. Number five, working on your body image. So I feel like I talk about this on the podcast a lot, but I guess it's all the things, um, all the things, (laughs) you know, doing things like wearing clothes that fit, that don't dig in or make you feel really body conscious. Try not to weigh yourself or doing constant body checking. Try not to compare yourself endlessly with social media images. 
and you know noticing specifically for you the areas of your life where body image is particularly triggering and then taking radical action to protect yourself because say for example if you have a social media habit where you are spending a couple of hours every day scrolling images and then that sends you into a dark hole of despair and you do a lot of comparing and then you have a lot of negative self-talk around your body just think of the impact if you could start to reduce that or even eliminate it okay it's going to put you in a very different place so the little things to work on body image can be incredibly important and helpful Okay, number six, make sure that your partner looks after their needs too. So if you're struggling with an eating disorder, your partner might end up getting quite over-involved and you may feel that the eating disorder has become so central to your relationship and you may feel in the relationship that your partner is more in the caring for you role, um, particularly if you've been quite unwell, rather than it being like an equal balance of reciprocal caring. So it's so important that your partner looks after their needs too, so that they still go out with their friends, pursue their hobbies, and do things for themselves that bring them joy and fulfillment. And this helps prevent a buildup of resentment in the relationship. And it also gives you space to take responsibility and work on your recovery for you. Because ultimately, that's where recovery is coming into a really empowered place where you're taking that responsibility where you're doing it for you because you don't want to be doing it to please anyone else you don't want to be feeling that you are working on recovery because you're being pushed by anyone else you want to feel like you are making a choice with all of this and number seven plan nice things together so when you first got together you probably did more fun things you probably went on trips spent time listening to each other playing communicating and being more enthralled with one another and it's easy in any relationship to fall into the daily grind and to lose the reasons why you came together in the first place so the eating disorder may have taken over a big part of the relationship particularly if you've been quite unwell so have a think about what could you do to reconnect and enjoy spending time together. Because I think reigniting this part of our relationship by falling in love with each other all over again, by doing the little things that really bring us joy and connection that we shared and reminding ourselves of all the things we really love about each other, that really reignites that emotional connection and then the physical net connection normally follows on from that. So it can be so, so helpful. So yeah, really work on that emotional connection, planning nice things together, thinking about what you can do. And I think it doesn't have to be really expensive or cost money. It can just be, you know, spending some quality time together and sharing in experiences that you both really enjoy. So in summary, to reconnect with your partner, to begin to feel more desirable, interested in sex, and emotional and physical connection, these are the things to do. Number one, keep working on your recovery, fueling yourself, doing your regular eating, getting the nourishment in, that's gonna help so, so much. And that's probably the most important thing you can be doing because without doing that, you're gonna be physically and mentally so impacted by the restriction and the preoccupation with food that it's really, really hard to be interested in sex. Number two, talk to your partner, keep that communication open, help them to understand the ED more. Opening up the emotional connection will really then help with the physical connection. Number three, practice self-care. 
doing the self-care practices for your body that really work for you. Number four, work on sensual touch. So things like hugs, um, you know, massages, foot rubs, sort of just touching each other's hands, maybe holding hands, all things that bring you back together um, in a more affectionate way as well. And I think sensuality can also then lead more to being physically intimate. Number five, work on your body image. So make sure that you're not doing things that are gonna be massively detrimental to your body image. Practice as well, body neutrality, thinking about what your body can do, all those good things. Number six, make sure that you and your partner, make sure even that your partner looks after themselves too, that they still go out and do things for themselves, connect with their friends, um, do hobbies they like, that they're not becoming almost like your carer, because I think, again, that will really kind of kill desire in a relationship. And number seven, plan nice things together. Remember why you connected in the first place, remember why you got together, reignite some of those experiences and um, fall in love with each other all over again because that emotional connection normally then leads on to the more physical connection. Okay, so I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You might also be interested to listen to another episode I recorded, um, which was in March 2022, which was called Finding Love After an Eating Disorder. So that talks as well a lot about love, attachment, early relationship with weight and shape, body image and self-esteem, and how this all feeds into our ability to find love and connect with others. So that is March the 19th, 2022 and that's called finding love after an eating disorder well i hope you enjoyed this today if you're not following me on instagram do seek me out at the eating disorder therapist underscore for further support with your relationship with food do go to the eating disorder therapist.co.uk and if you enjoy this podcast i would be so grateful if you'd follow rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners thank you so much for listening today and i look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon